Well, the Los Angeles Kings free fall finally cost Todd McClellan his job. We'll talk about the new bench boss for the Los Angeles Kings, plus the first big swing of the NHL trade deadline and the first counter move as well. And are the Arizona Coyotes going to stay? What is going on? We'll discuss on today's episode of the Locked on NHL podcast. We are your team every day. Your Locked On NHL, your daily podcast on the National Hockey League. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into another episode of the Locked On NHL Podcast. We are your team every day and we thank you for making lockdown nhl your first listen each and every day make sure you subscribe on youtube and your favorite podcast platforms so you don't miss out on any new episodes throughout the week today's episode is brought to you by sleeper download the sleeper app and use promo code locked on nhl to get up to a 100 match on your first deposit terms and conditions apply see sleepers terms of use for details on today's episode of Lockdown NHL, we'll discuss the free fall play that has led to the Los Angeles Kings being yet another team to make a coaching change this year, and we'll see if it can get them back on track. We'll also talk about the two big trades to start trade deadline season, as Elias Lindholm and Sean Monahan both have been traded, and we'll talk about the Arizona Coyotes, who are maybe staying in Arizona, maybe not, but uh, the head of the NHLPA absolutely goes off on All-Star Weekend. So we got a lot to get to here too today. My uh, name is Seth Topal, host of Locked on Wilds, one half of the dynamic duo here on Western Conference Tuesday, and joined as always by Nick Morgan of Locked on Predators. Nick, we talked last week about the Los Angeles Kings being in just free fall just falling off the side of the mountain and trying to find whatever footing they can and just continuing to uh, drop in the standings they're now in the wild card chase because the Edmonton Oilers refuse to lose and it finally cost Todd McClellan his job as uh, within the last week he was fired and uh, Jim Hiller was named the interim coach for the rest of the season I mean, at some points, this is what we see quite often because the old adage is it's easier to replace the coach than it is to replace the entirety of the roster. So were you surprised at all by this move or is this just the price of the expectations at the beginning of the season for the Kings? Yeah, not not surprised. Um I think maybe Todd McClellan should have gotten a little more leeway based on the fact that he sort of took two teams that had no business being in the postseason uh, into pretty good season finishes. But as you mentioned, the expectations uh, were higher this season. Uh, And, you know, Rob Blake said it best uh, when he talked to the media yesterday, just, you know, sometimes you just need a shakeup. Um, you know, he said, you know, sometimes you just need like a little bit different, uh, like meeting times, uh, a little bit, you know, different voices, you know, sort of running meeting, like a different way of running practice, something different to kind of shake up the players. We saw it work 
gangbusters in Edmonton early this year. I mean, look at the Oilers right now. Uh, they haven't lost since Obama was president. Um, you know, you have, you know, I think it, it's just sort of that standard, okay, we're in it right now. We can kind of see the finish line. We have a way to salvage this season. We just maybe need to pump some more energy into that locker room right now. And I feel like Rob Blake feels like this is the way to do it. And, and putting Jim Hiller in charge um, is the way to do it. Will it pay off? We'll see. Because, you know, there, there's a lot of, and you and I talked about this before the season, a lot of question marks with the Kings roster uh, that are kind of coming into play during the slump right now. Yeah, and uh, the Kings are at this point in their last 17 games. They are 3-8-6. and six. And so this is not just a skid. Like, it is a... It's a full-out panic, and you're you're all in when you make moves that the Kings have made over the uh, the last couple of seasons, going and getting Kevin Fiala, going and getting Pierre-Luc Dubois. But we talked about it last week. Like Those guys just, by and large, the guys that you need to be having the uh, extremely good seasons are just not. I mean, we look at it again. Pierre-Luc Dubois, guess what? Since we talked last week, he's still stuck on 20 points. So that that is not good enough for a guy who you trade assets for and then subsequently sign to a long-term extension. 10 goals through 48 games is just not, that's not enough for a guy of that caliber. And you look at all the other players up and down the roster that are in struggle mode. I mean, Anze Kopitar, Adrian Kempe, yes, they're they're still putting up good numbers this season, but it's been a while since they have had big impact games. And so all of the things that went well for the Kings at the beginning of the season, uh, the first month or so, they were one of the best teams in the NHL. Could not, like, opposing teams could not score on them at all. Goaltending was great. They were playing really good defense. That has all dried up. And so as has been the case in pretty much every other instance that this has happened this year. Mm-hmm. It's just the final card that the GM has to play before the ownership group turns to them and says, might be you. That's the problem. That was going to be the next point is the hot seat is now uh, opening up a space for Rob Blake. I think because this was the expectation for the Kings to compete this year, to take that next step. And a lot of the moves that uh, Rob Blake has made to get them there haven't quite paid off. Uh, the Pierre-Luc Dubois trade is maybe, I mean, look, it's year one, but it is on track to be one of the worst trades uh, in NHL's recent history. Um, you know, you you bet big on Cam Talbot kind of being your goalie, uh, and he got an all-star appearance, but over the last month or so, it it's kind of gone downhill. So mm-hmm. if this continues, like, do, do you blame? Rob Blake, I mean, considering what three years ago you were kind of in a rebuild and 
looking to shuffle some people and move some salary. And then all of a sudden, you know, you did make moves like the Kevin Fiala trade that, you know, paid off and got you, you know, into the first round of the playoffs, uh, a very, you know, competitive series, both times against the Oilers. Like, do you really put all that blame on Rob Blake? Like, do you think his seat is really that hot right now? Or is it more of a, okay, we're going to be watching you over the next couple of years. That's we want to some progress. That's the one. That's the one right there is, okay, we'll, we're not going to, like, we're not going to overreact to this happening this season. But don't let it happen again. That's like, that's the, that's almost the exact kind of frame of mind that I think ownership groups are in is, We'll we'll let we'll let you get away with this one, but if this happens again, that's that's when problems will arise. So it wouldn't surprise me if if they have a similar if they have a similar skid like this next year, particularly at the beginning of the season. Yeah. That's then when the move happens is the ownership group says, All right, you you're done. And so it'll be interesting to see if they remove the interim tag from uh, Jim Hiller uh, if he does well enough to keep the job at the end of the season or if the Kings go big because there are some pretty prominent names that are out there that have been let go this season. You know, Dean Evason, Jay Woodcroft, uh, Craig Berube, Daryl Sutter. Um, <laughs> oh no. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. I, I, sorry, Kings fans. I did not want to, I did not want to put that out there, but it just popped into my head. So it wouldn't surprise me if the Kings go big, because again, with this roster that they have, you're kind of in go for it mode. So wouldn't surprise me if they go for a big name to try to kind of salvage the season. But yeah, if, if they have a stretch like this again, it won't be the coach that gets fired again. It'll be yeah. Rob Blake. So yeah, they're they're gonna shake some things up in the front office. I bet. Mm-hmm. So we'll. And speaking of shaking some things up, we've got a couple of big trades to discuss today. As Elias Lindholm was the first big domino to fall in the trade market. So we'll talk about his move. We'll talk about the Flames' return, and we'll talk about the team in the Winnipeg Jets that threw a counterpunch already. All of that coming up as we continue today's episode of the Locked on NHL podcast after this. Today's episode of Locked on NHL is brought to you by FanDuel. Happy Super Bowl week to all who celebrate from FanDuel, America's number one sports book. If you're like me, Super Bowl Sunday has a few key objectives such as finding the best seat in the house, whether you're at a Super Bowl party or just watching from the comfort of your living room. It's all about finding that best seat to watch, in addition to finding the best Super Bowl snacks you can, but also placing some super bets. FanDuel has so many ways for you to end the season with one, two, maybe three wins. You can bet on which players will score a touchdown, how many points will be scored. There is an endless run of bets that you can make at FanDuel. And get this, new customers who join today will get 200, yes, you heard me, 200 in bonus bets 
if your first bet of $5 or more wins. If you think the Kansas City Chiefs are going to win, and they do, your $5 bet will turn into 200 that you can use for future bets uh, during the rest of the NHL season or into Major League Baseball season. The possibilities are endless. Visit FanDuel.com slash locked on to sign up. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on. Welcome back to today's episode of the Locked On NHL podcast. Once again, we are your team every day. Seth Topol and Nick Morgan joining you today. And we move from a coach being fired, Nick, to a couple of big trades. The Vancouver Canucks, as if there was any doubt, the Vancouver Canucks are in. They are all in on the uh, the rest of the season as they go get Elias Lindholm. The package that uh, Calgary received, Andre Kuzmenko, Hunter Brashevitz, Joni Jermo, a 2024 first-round pick, and a conditional 2024 fourth-round pick. So what did you think, first off, about the package that the Flames received for sending Elias Lindholm to Vancouver. Yeah, I I like the trade for Vancouver uh because I don't think it was that steep of a package uh for, you know, a guy who's been widely regarded as, you know, one of the best two-way players in the NHL over the last little bit. Um you know, Andre Kuzmenko, I know a lot of people were, you know, kind of being like, oh, you know, that's a, that's a good return for Calgary. But, you know, there's also rumors that he was on the trade block this year uh, in Vancouver and hasn't quite come up with that same magic as last year. Um, you know, here the, the one hitch I have with this set is that it's Elias Lindholm and Elias Pedersen, uh, according to Canucks Army, on the same line, which is going to get really confusing really fast uh, for me covering it but look you know Lynn Holm on Vancouver uh gives them even more depth uh, especially up top which they didn't really need because all like you know everybody in their top six is doing gangbusters right now um I think it also you know sort of adds some depth to their two-way game uh because Lynn Holm I think is a very responsible 200 foot player uh, and I absolutely think this might be, you know, a piece that Vancouver necessarily didn't need, but a piece that I think is really going to take them from, you know, okay, this is one of the hottest teams in the NHL this season to, okay, this is a team that might do some damage in the postseason. Well, and I think another key part to this is obviously Vancouver wanted to you know, wanted to add a, a key piece, a, a good piece of depth. Uh, Lindholm will be a re- unrestricted free agent at the end of the season. And another part of this trade is that uh, it was pretty widely reported that there has not been an extension worked out at this time. So as of right now, this seems like a rental, but I always go to the, not only can we get Lindholm for us, but we can also make sure that nobody else that is chasing in the uh, the playoff picture can pick up Elias Lindholm and add him to their mix. Exactly. You 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 hit it right on the head with the depth. This Vancouver team is just so dangerous. They've got so many guys that are having big seasons. 
I think this is e- I think this is equally as much as adding a veteran player that can can make an impact, but also making sure that the likes of you know you even go to say the Los Angeles Kings if they're yeah. still trying to or Edmonton. Like you look at these teams in the Pacific Division that are fighting it out with Vancouver right now, playing keep away with them and taking one of the big first big dominoes off the trade board, I think is definitely mission accomplished for Vancouver to make sure that some rival does not uh, come up with a guy like this to beat them in games down the stretch. And so sometimes if the price isn't that bad and look, for Calgary, you know, that's that's probably that's probably going to be about as good as you can do for a player like Lindholm. Kuzmenko will be on the payroll for uh, next season as well at a modest five and a half million. So there's an opportunity there for maybe him to be part of the group going forward. If not, if he's having a good season next year, you can flip him at the deadline again. Yeah. Like it's they have the opportunity to bring some assets back uh, for Kuzmenko or if he takes off, you sign him to be part of the the core going forward, which the Flames are still trying to identify, which is why they've been so active in the trade market uh, over the last year plus since Daryl Sutter was let go. Yeah. yeah. And I think if you're the Flames, if you're hoping Kuzmenko can kind of get back even a little bit closer to where he was last year. Maybe not like the 90 point guy, um, but, you know, relatively close to where he was because then you have, you know, kind of the dynamic scoring for that you lost uh, when, you know, Matthew Kachuk left and um, Johnny Gaudreau left and, you know, Tyler Toffoli uh, at the end of last season. And, you know, you, you have guys like Blake Coleman and Nazem Kadri kind of in charge of leading the scoring push at this point, which um, not necessarily something that you want. Um, so Kuzmenko, I think, gives them, you know, if he can get back on his horse a little bit, a legitimate sort of play finisher, um, scoring-minded forward to sort of help the Flames offense get going again. We saw the first counterpunch move to this, too. The Winnipeg Jets acquiring Sean Monahan from the uh, Montreal Canadiens. And it was a 2024 first-round pick, a conditional 2027 third-round pick. And the condition, I believe, is how far the Winnipeg Jets advance. Um, but here are some of the key things from my perspective for this this trade for the Jets. I love this trade for Winnipeg because Sean Monahan is healthy. And yes. over the last few seasons, that has been a rough go for Monahan. He was traded from Calgary to Montreal, uh, came in as damaged goods. But so far this year, he's been healthy with Montreal. And the fact that they have been out of the postseason picture since the season started I think gave him an opportunity to just play some stress-free hockey and now he goes to Winnipeg and he's gonna be he'll be a guy that plays impact minutes for the Winnipeg Jets and I think for a Jets team that has been a surprise this season giving up a first round draft pick with in what is now your window to contend 
makes all the sense in the world. Yeah, and it's another good piece for Winnipeg. And I think Monaghan kind of fits into the Jets system because the Jets yes. system, it's almost like what Seattle did last year where there's not, you know, one guy who's just lighting up the league and scoring and, and doing gangbusters, but you look up and down the lineup and there's, you know, 11 guys with at least 20 points this season. Um, you know, so it's just this balanced scoring throughout the lineup. And I think, you know, Monaghan can come in and, you know, continue playing stress-free hockey. Cause it's like, look, no matter if we put you on line one, no matter if we put you on line three or four, the expectation is going to be the same. The way we kind of want you to play is the same. You're not going to have to, you know, adjust yourself or adjust your expectations based on where you are in the lineup. Um, so I can, I think this is a good spot uh, for, for Monahan. I think it's a good fit for the jets. The real winner of this is let's talk, let's back up to the Montreal Canadiens. Remember when they got Sean Monahan? It was kind of a salary dump at that mm-hmm. point because you know there's a lot of talk about hey he he might not play again. He, they you know wind up getting a first round pick from Calgary to take Monahan off the books. Uh, now they trade him to Winnipeg for a first round pick. So Montreal gets two first round picks for Sean Monahan. Really, one season of healthy Sean Monahan. Yeah, uh, this is one of the best uh, asset turnarounds I think we've seen from a rebuilding team uh, in quite some time, and I think it's put Montreal in a pretty good spot too in the East. Oh yeah, yeah, they pl- they played this as well as could have been played uh, with with a guy like Monahan. Who, if I'm I'm just looking at daily faceoff, and they have Monahan currently plugged into the second line with Cole Perfetti and Nikolai Ehlers, which I think feels like a perfect fit uh, for the Jets here. So we'll see how it works out for Winnipeg. But yeah, it could not have worked out much better for the uh, Montreal Canadiens. And speaking of could not have worked out much better, um, the Arizona Coyotes had a bit of a rough weekend as uh, they got put on blast. And so we'll talk about what Marty Walsh said we'll go through the transcript and we'll talk about the Arizona response as the Coyotes continue to try to figure out where they're going to be for the uh, the future of their franchise all that is coming up to finish today's episode of Locked on NHL after this today's episode is brought to you by Sleeper it is now officially after the all-star break which means some of your teams are going to be ramping up to a playoff run Some of your teams are going to tank their way right into the dumpster fire of the NHL. But regardless of where your team is in the standings, you could all still win big playing daily fantasy hockey on Sleeper, the official daily fantasy app of the Locked On NHL Network. Sleeper is our number one choice for daily fantasy sports and especially daily fantasy hockey because with Sleeper, you can win 100 times your cash in daily fantasy hockey contests. All you have to do is pick whether studs like Connor McDavid, Nathan McKinnon, Ryan O'Reilly, Philip Forsberg, and more will record more or less than their sleeper projections for things like goals, assists, saves, plus minus, or more in a given game. For instance, is Connor McDavid going to score a goal over or under 0.5? 
Will Nathan McKinnon have more or less than 1.5 assists? Or will Philip Forsberg have more or less than 2.5 shots on goal? If you can get eight of those contests right, if you can get eight of those stats right, you win a hundred times your bet on a sleeper. You heard me. You can win a hundred times your money playing daily fantasy hockey with sleeper. So start paying attention and nail your picks. So you start winning big use promo code locked on NHL and you'll get up to a $100 match on your first deposit terms and conditions apply. That's code locked on NHL. See sleepers terms of use for details and locational availability. One final segment of today's episode of the Lockdown NHL podcast. Once again, we are your team every day. Seth Topal joined by Nick Morgan here today. And uh, Nick, with the All-Star game over the weekend, which just quick side note on that. I thought the skills competition was the best part. The uh, The player draft on Friday was uh, I, something. It was... Uh, it, it was certainly something. Yeah. You know, kudos to them for trying something. Mm-hmm. Maybe, you have- maybe maybe players with a shred of personality make that fun. Yeah, you just you gotta especially with these these all-star games, you just you just gotta try different things until you find something that sticks. Um, much like the Arizona Coyotes have been with trying to figure out where they are going to be playing long term and you know that the NHL was just waiting for the all-star game to really tee off on this because that has been the deadline for a while is the coyotes have till the all-star break to get something figured out about where their future will be um Marty Walsh of the uh, NHLPA has been licking his chops for a long time to react to what seemed like nothing at the time. And uh, courtesy of Joe Smith, I have the transcripts of what he said. And I read, they have not had conversations with me at all, Walsh said. I believe they've been talking to the league, but they've not talked to me about it, which I think is a little strange. You would think they'd want to keep us up to date because we've been pretty vocal about it. I'm sticking to what I said at the very beginning. The players deserve and will play in a better arena. They have to. A lot of time has gone by. I was in Arizona probably a year ago now. We were talking about ballot questions at that point. They felt positive about that. That didn't happen. They were talking about, oh, we're going to find a new place pretty quickly. The year has gone by and they haven't found anything, at least to my knowledge. So the clock is ticking on Arizona in my opinion. And ironically, the Arizona Coyotes took that opportunity to say, oh, wait, no, we've we've been working on this the whole time. And obviously they have, but the Coyotes then the same day tweeted out, um, they quote tweeted a report from Taylor Rocca Um, The Arizona Coyotes are moving forward with a plan to buy state trust land in North Phoenix. Multiple arena sites are still being considered a team source confirmed with ABC 15. They quote tweeted it and said, confirmed. We have every intention of staying in the desert. We owe it to the best fans in the world to make it happen. 
Um, Nick, this is classic. This is a classic example of as as a kid, your parents said, we have to go run an errand, clean your room. <laughs> and then they come back and they're like, what? What? Your room is the exact same as when we left. What were you doing? And you then get surprised by being called out in that manner. So you throw a couple of things in the garbage. You move a couple of things around and you're like, I cleaned it. It's fine. It wasn't that dirty to begin with. Like, this is just this is just Arizona getting kind of um, kind of surprised at being called out in the uh, public manner that they did. It is. Look. I feel for, you know, the coyotes because they're kind of starting to become the wily coyotes <laughs> where it's just like they think they finally have the roadrunner, a.k.a. an arena deal sort of trapped and cornered. Uh, and then by the end of it, they're standing above nothing, looking down at a cliff and holding up a sign that said, well, here's hoping we don't relocate before hilariously plummeting down. <laughs> I, I feel for them, you know, the Tempe deal seemed like a surefire thing, and that fell through. Uh, they're running into a lot of different cities, kind of saying like, yeah, we don't really want this. But at the same time, I, I think it's time for the NHL to sort of make it a do or die decision. Like, look, either this thing is done at, at this time, or we have to consider relocation. Um, you know, you can't play in a college arena, a college hockey arena for, you know, the next six, seven years. That's how long it's going to take, you know, an arena. If this goes on any further, you want that thing, ideally finance signed off on, no later by the end of 2024. So you can start yep. playing it in a couple of years. Um, and so there needs to kind of be some sort of, okay, we really want hockey in Arizona to work, but none of the cities are really working for us. Uh, the team can't get a deal done. Let's go check Salt Lake city or let's go check Kansas city. Let's go check some of these teams that have been trying to get an NHL team or cities that have been trying to get an NHL team that maybe have an arena ready to go right now. And I feel, I feel bad for fans in Arizona because, you know, when the coyotes are halfway decent, when they're good, you know, there's been some fun playoff atmospheres uh, in, in Phoenix over the years um, or Glendale or wherever they have been in their history. So you feel it. And, and you know, Arizona is a big market. You want the league to stay there. But at the same time, if it's not working, you know, it, it's like the eight year relationship where you, you know, sort of all cheat on each other and passive aggressively fight every <laughs> single day. Like at some point, it's like, OK, you're doing more harm than good. Just keeping this going for the sake of keeping it going. You have to make a decision at some point. Yeah. And I, I think. We have seen, you know, Atlanta really start to put some pressure on this situation because they and I, I love the fact that the Atlanta Thrashers uh, account on X is still alive. And, and here's the thing with that. If you're an Atlanta Thrashers fan, how mad are you that the NHL is bending over backwards 
to keep the NHL there. When you saw, you know, them absolutely step in when, you know, Jim Balsilli tried to move the Preds and go, absolutely not. You see the, you know, Coyotes sort of failing in Arizona and they're saying, absolutely not, we're staying here. And then just one crisp April day, the owner's like, I think we're going to move this team to Winnipeg. And the league's like, yeah, man, sure. Like, how mad are you if, if you see this keep going on? I would be enraged is a word I think that would be probably accurate of this. It's just it's it's frustrating that you see just all of these signs of, well, we can't really find anything. And the NHL just continues to say, keep trying. Yeah. Keep exhausting, exhausting outlets. We'll just we're, we're just going to keep giving you time to. uh to make something happen it does feel like it's going to quickly approach the point of no return uh quite literally for the arizona coyotes but you know i i just had to chuckle because you know marty walsh and the nhl were just waiting for the opportunity to let one fly at the uh at the all-star break because it just you didn't have any real tangible sorts of uh of progress. And I know our colleagues at lockdown coyotes have done a great job of, um, absolutely of taking care of this situation. I know there was, um, a few months ago, a public vote that went very not in the direction you would like. So it, it is at some point it's going to be find an arena or we'll find a new city for you to go to and you just you hate to see that happen in any situation but bottom line is the nhl wants a profitable franchise they want a profitable franchise to occupy that entity that currently is the arizona coyotes whether it be atlanta whether it be salt lake city wherever it would be the nhl ultimately at some point is going to make that happen as opposed to just continuing to give Arizona chances. Yeah, absolutely. So, uh, and, and I hope it works uh, for for everybody involved. Yeah. But if it doesn't, would love to see a team somewhere that would support it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's the bottom line. So we'll uh, we'll keep an eye on that. But of course, as I mentioned, uh, our colleagues at Locked On Coyotes will be there every step of the way, uh, as long as that franchise is still in. Arizona. So make sure to follow along with them as well. That will do it for today's episode of the Lockdown NHL podcast. Once again, we are your team every day, and we thank you for tuning into Lockdown NHL every day of the week. Make sure you hit the subscribe button on your way out today so that uh, you don't miss out on any new episodes throughout the week. We've got a wide panel, wide array of panelists uh, that host the Lockdown NHL shows. So you can tune in for a little slice of something different every day of the week. Lockdown NHL has new episodes for you every Monday through Friday as part of the Locked On Podcast Network.